listening to The Breakfast Show with Danuta and Lawson. It is 8.04 a.m. and it's time for our next quiz question, please. Yeah, here we go. What four animals are mentioned in Habakkuk 1 and verse 8? Here we go. Is it A, horses, leopards, wolves, and eagles? B, horses, crocodiles, lions, and vultures? C, camel, hippopotami, wolves, and sparrows? Or D, Bears, mice, turtles, and eagles. Now, everyone should know this really easy question. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> this one's actually... I think everyone's probably going to need to look this, this one up. This I reckon. Do you, did tough. you know the answer to it? Do you know the answer Prob- to it? Probably. Without I, looking at the answer. Probably. I could probably deduce what it is based on uh, what animals I know are in the Bible versus what animals I know aren't in the Bible. Oh, go away. But, but, <laughs> but that being said, let me... Let There's me, lots of animals mentioned in lots of places. Do you really remember all of them? Yeah. Well, good for you. Well, I read the Bible. Good for you. Come on, guys. <laughs> like, no, no, I'm just, no, I mean, but, but hey, you. I, I think you, you, are re- really good. you really could deduce it. But at the same time, we will give you permission to look this one up. Again, what four animals are mentioned in Habakkuk chapter 1 and verse 8? A, is it horses, leopards, wolves, and eagles? B, horses, crocodiles, lions, and vultures? C, camels, hippopotami, wolves, and sparrows? Or D, Bears, mice, turtles, and eagles. If you know the answer to that one, hey, 0491-064-669. Again, the verse in which we are referencing there is Habakkuk, Habakkuk, Habakkuk chapter 1 and verse 8. And it is a process of elimination because there are some animals that we know definitely are not mentioned in the Bible. Yeah, like... Like you were about to I say was about one to, of them. I was about to give it away. Because one of them, but, there's really clear. But, 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 hey, hey, look, 0491-064-669. Of course, our amazing prizes for this week is none other. Well, firstly, we've got a book called Convicted, the amazing story of someone being convicted in the midst of jail at 16 years old, being convicted of the truth from reading the Bible, as well as the story of Roger Morneau's trip into the supernatural. We love testimonies, hearing about how people came from not believing to believing, not following to following. And guys, if you want these testimonies, again, 0491-064-669. we got some text messages here. And you go in the draw, of course, that happens on Friday at quarter Mm. to nine to win those prizes. Absolutely. Hey, we forgot to mention earlier, or should I say we just ran out of time too, but we want to say a big hi to those in Helladon in Queensland. Oh. Do you know what Helladon is? Have nope. you heard of it? No. Nope. Okay. So Helladon is a small town in the Lockyer Valley. Mm-hmm. Of course, the Lockyer Valley is between Ipswich and Toowoomba. Mm-hmm. And um, and the population there is roughly just over a 1,000 people or so. Oh, wow. So a real small town. So, yeah, yeah. And, of course, the Lockyer Valley years going back quite a number of years was where there was a lot of flooding. Um, you know, the town of Gatton was one of those as well in the Lockyer Valley. Um, so just really nice area. Want to say hi. Text us in if you are listening to Faith FM and you are from there and is the station of 88.0 FM. So we want to give you a big hello and welcome to our Faith FM show. We're glad you're listening in. If you've travelled through there, text us in and tell us what you like about there too. But hey, yeah, we've got a number of text messages straight away when we mentioned about the fruit, you know, the grape story that I actually gave and how it actually yeah. was really good for the eyes and for antioxidative stress. Mm. Um, basically, yeah, we had a few here. Suzanne says, I love figs and I'm very partial to custard apples and white sapotes. Now, 
Here's the thing. None of us here, Suzanne, you got us right there. None of us here knew what Sapote, is that how I say it? Sapotes? Sapotes. We didn't so even know how to say I have, it. I have no idea and what so this is. So Sapotes basically are a soft edible fruit that are mostly a native plant from either southern Mexico, Central America and northern parts of South America. And it's also known in the Caribbean English as a soap apples. So there you go. Something that we have actually learned. So I'm assuming, Suzanne, maybe you can text us and let us know, are they fairly similar to the custard apples then? Mm. Because like, I must say, I was given custard apples one time to try and I was not keen. Maybe because I didn't grow up with them, but I have heard they are amazing. So I need to try them sometime. Here's another one by Janelle. A friend of a friend who had cancer went on a diet of grapes only because, of course, we're talking about grapes in my new segment, and the cancer has all gone. That is intense. Incredible, isn't it? Grapes are definitely a powerful healing food. Now, here what we want to say is that we're not recommending that anyone that has cancer will necessarily have the same results, but in this case we are sharing what Janelle has actually said of the power of the food that God has created and the power of God. And I'm assuming that in this case, by God's grace too, there's been some um, prayer going in for this person as well. Well, I think in reality, like there are many cancers that are ultimately caused by lifestyle. Yes. And or many diseases and eating healthy food very much works to circumvent that both in prevention, but we also know, particularly in the space of cancer and and a number of other you know diseases that people can can face is that diet hugely affects the way in which the cancer you know grows and and responds and whatnot and so and so yeah like I, I definitely believe like in this particular person's case maybe it was just you know the thing that they were missing that was enabling this cancer to to grow and to to thrive in their body was that the you know the antioxidants whatever it may be that key ingredient in the grapes and they've they've got it in there and then bada bing bada boom like it's just gone away yeah. like it's amazing yeah and I'd be interested to know Rich, you know for what length of time they actually ate the, the grapes only you know, there's certain parts of our our uh, nutrients that we actually need from a range of foods. Yeah, for sure. What I do know is that, well, or should I say, you know, experience is that when I was just starting in mm. my first year of university and studying speech pathology, my mum was actually diagnosed back then with malignant cancer. Mm. And uh, and by God's grace, you know, even though the doctors only gave her a short period of time to live, um, she went on to a raw and juicing diet. Mm. In her case, that's what she felt impressed to try. Now, again, we're not saying for people to go ahead and try that. You need to be working with yeah. your doctors. Yeah, talk to, we're uh, not doctors, guys. Yeah, that's right. So, <laughs> But she did, and there was a lot of prayer from the church family and others, you know, for her. And she actually, mum actually lived 25 years longer than wow, what the doctors gave awesome. her. Quite, quite incredible story. Hey, here's another text from Sunny says, I love grapes, mango, watermelon, and rock melon. I love many more fruits though those are the ones that stand out as my favorites so great ones there grapes mango watermelon and rock melon do you love those now you said you don't like mango or but rock melon or oh, watermelon you are missing out at least i know what to put on a I, table I, I, I if you're do. ever around i know what to put on a table because there'll be more for me 100 yeah, <laughs> percent. no like the this is sunny's just texted in with like the a host of fruits that I don't like. like oh, and, and look, guys, well, more like for, I... More for Sunny. Not that I would never eat them, but it's just like, 
Uh, like if we're if we're gonna be picky, right? If we're gonna say like, oh, these are my favorites and these are the ones that I don't really like, mango, watermelon, and rock melon are among those. Like for me, oh. for me, oh, it's like grapes. Green grapes are like the best of the best. But right up there, secondly, dude, a good old green apple, bro. Oh, green I love a- green <laughs> apples so You can much. have the green, green apples. Green apples, bananas, Great oranges, pie, mandarins. Oh, they're like, they're just the best. Like, these fruits are awesome. Right. Well, and then blueberries, raspberries, but here's the cherries. Yeah, yeah. But God created all of them, and they're all great. Well, you know, at the same... Like, well, <laughs> what do you reckon, Shell? Well, yeah. I think I at, think at so. the same time, like, a lot of these fruits have come out of, you know... A breeding and whatnot, like well, like we know that, uh, for example, like a was like a like a Peach like a dreams. like a yeah, custard yeah. apple uh, yeah. wasn't you know wasn't there in the Garden of Eden, like that's something that's bred down, you know, and and also we know that this world has and been. How do we know that? Uh, this, <laughs> Somebody and, would and, ask you. <laughs> and this world has been affected by sin. So I'm gonna use all of that to make the bold statement that rock melon is actually. Exist as a result of sin. No, and it probably won't way. be. In, probably won't be no in heaven. No way, and, Shell. I want you to comment if, on that one. I 100 percent agree. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. There okay, we go. Again. Okay, next <laughs> no. text message. <laughs> next text message. Here we go. Otherwise, we're going to run out of time. Suzanne says, "White, white sapotas, however, so are also called ice cream fruit. There you go. Soft, creamy, white." Flesh. I have two trees at my place in South Australia. Mm. Wow, that is fascinating. I didn't even know we could get trees that could grow them here. So well, that is really fascinating. No wonder you love them so much. And they would be amazing with real ice cream, I guess, as well in every way. Absolutely. Oh man, this is awesome. I love talking about food and fruits <laughs> that are that are good, <laughs> that are good for you and that are healthy as well. It's awesome. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Connect with us on 0491-064-669. And it's come time for us to go into our Bible study time. Thanks, Suzanne, mm. for clarifying that. White, white sapotes, sapotes, however we say them. Either way, we know they're called ice cream fruit. Yes. And they grow well, obviously, in South Australia. So yeah. I'm going to start looking around, seeing if, if any of the nurseries have them and yeah, but hey, we, our apple tree actually ex- yesterday. I looked, there's two small apples starting to grow. Oh, the great awesome. thing is the dogs haven't knocked them off yet. That's so good. <laughs> but yeah, and the blueberry bushes, blackberry bushes, actually starting to flower really nicely. So oh, we're looking forward to nice. flesh, fresh blackberries in the next. And this few is why weeks. we're friends, Danuta, because then you can just no, give no, me no, all this amazing mine. fruit. They're mine. <laughs> oh, wow. okay, okay. Ours, I should say, no, 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 because there's certain fruits you don't like. So <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, that's can, right. Yeah, that's right. No, no, no. I'll, I'll bring some in if we have them. Seriously, I'll bring some into Faith FM and share. Mm. Okay. Today we are starting to look at God's call to mission. Of course, we've started looking at God's mission, my mission. And mm. last two weeks we're actually starting to unpack about mission, where it came from, the origins of mission, the importance of it going to the whole world. And so now we're actually going to start looking to, into even more detail about this. Mm. We're actually going to go into the passage today. Uh, that is going to be looking at moving beyond our comfort zone. We're going to read an interesting passage and then we're going to go and look at the context of this because this is really important because this passage, we cannot read it all on its own, mm-hmm. but it's a really important one that we need to be looking at. Can we actually go into Genesis chapter 11 
and verses 1 to 9 because this is a really important passage because this passage also is a huge turning point in the story of redemption. Mm-hmm. And tomorrow we're going to unpack that even more. But the thing is that, okay, here's, here's the thing. What we actually looked at the last two weeks is uh-huh. in Genesis, you know, God, God created as in it says let us. So we know that it is God the Father, God mm-hmm. the Son, God the Holy Spirit. In, in chapter 1 says, you know, let us make man in our image and our likeness and give them dominion over the fish of the sea or the birds of the air and the cattle. God created him man and female in his image and then God blessed them and God said to them be fruitful and multiply Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish and over the sea and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And then, of course, in Genesis 3, sin comes in and the redemption plan comes right in on in Genesis 3.15 that actually says, and I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He will bruise your head, head and you shall bruise his heel. Right there, there's the redemption plan, which points to the story of the Messiah coming, which is Jesus dying on the cross mm. so that we can have eternal life. But there's even more context to what we're about to read. So let's mm. read Genesis 11, but keep in mind what we have just mentioned as well. Absolutely. Genesis chapter 11, starting in verse 1, the Bible says, Now the whole earth had one language and one speech, and it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. Then they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They had brick for stone, and they had asphalt for mortar. And they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of man had built. And the Lord said, Indeed, the people are one, and they all have one language. And this is what they begin to do. Now, nothing that they purpose to do will be withheld from them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of all the earth, and they ceased building the city. Therefore, its name is called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth, and from there the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of all the earth. Mm. Now we remember when I've just read from Genesis 1, it says that God's original plan was to fill the earth. Yes. It was to fill the earth. And mm-hmm. what are they doing here? They're all in the one place. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're all in the one place. And so they were just saying, we don't believe, we're not going to obey what God is saying. We're not believing in this. But there's also a bigger picture to this since Genesis 1. And that, that comes from Genesis chapter 9, doesn't mm-hmm. it really? Mm-hmm. Because their building of the tower is in response to an important story that most people know. Mm-hmm. And what is that story? The flood. The flood. Yeah. Okay. It's the story of the flood. Mm-hmm. Now here, when, when we, we talk about what I just read in Genesis 1, it's referred to often by scholars as what's called the Adamic or the, the covenant of Adam. Okay. Mm-hmm. Adam. Adam. Mm-hmm. Adam. Okay. Yeah. And so here then what we find in Genesis 9 is the, the, the Noah uh, covenant, no, mm. Noahic 
covenant is referred yeah. to. Okay. And the covenant was, so let's actually read some of those words because it's actually really important. Let's have a look at verses 8 to 16 because this is where it really comes out. So we know the story that Jesus, you know, or if you knew, the story is in Genesis, you know, chapter 6 and 9 to 9 sort of goes on that, that God calls out Noah, Noah is to build a, an ark. Um, and he and he ministers to the people for 120 years. He lets them know there's going to be a flood. The world has never seen a flood before. It's never seen the rain. And so basically he's to build this ark and, of course, the animals go into this. And so this is then after the flood, at the end of the flood, what God says to Noah. Mm. So Genesis 9, verse 8 to 16, please. Yeah, the Bible says, Then God spoke to Noah and his sons and him, saying, And as for me, behold, I establish my covenant with you and with your descendants after you and with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the cattle and every beast of the earth with you of all the go out of the ark, every beast of the earth. Thus, I shall establish my covenant with you. Never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of the flood. Never again shall there be a flood to destroy the whole earth. And God said, this is the sign of the covenant which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for for perpetual generations. I said, my rainbow in the cloud and and it shall be for the sign of the covenant between me and the earth. It shall be when I bring the cloud over the earth that the rainbow shall be seen in the cloud. And I will be, rem- and I will remember my covenant, which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. The water shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. The rainbow shall be in the cloud, and I will look on it to remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. Yeah, powerful, isn't it? <clears throat> Yeah, absolutely. And so what we see here, this, this beautiful picture is my, co- you know, verse 11, God says, I will establish my covenant with you. Mm-hmm. So God's making the covenant with Noah, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, and the promise is ultimately, hey, I've, obviously the flood has taken place and he simply says, there will not be another flood. Worldwide uh, flood. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. Which, then if we reflect that into Genesis chapter 11, what's taking place there, or Genesis chapter 12, I should say, is, is a fundamental distrust of what God has said. It is, yeah, a complete distrust about what God has said mm. and a complete opposition to his plan also of filling the whole earth. Mm. And so they're actually not believing, of course, yet, you know, yet God says the sign of the covenant between me and you, as in between him and Noah and the living creatures, is what? That we see so regularly. Yeah, yeah, the rainbow. The rainbow. That's so right. every time we look at a rainbow, and we taught this to the young, young Aboriginal children out west when we were church planting, would say, what does the rainbow mean? They'll say, no more flood. You know, hmm. every time you see a rainbow, it's a reminder of God's covenant that there will not be that flood and that he is the supreme creator of the, the earth and that he oversees everything. And now what they're doing by building the Tower of Babel is they're saying, we don't believe in that. We will find our ways not only to keep away from any flood, but also to hmm. reach the heavens because this whole building was actually being built towards the heaven. In other words, hmm. in other words, there's something really significant that we need to look at with this because here they weren't relying on God, were they? Hmm. They were relying hmm. on themselves. 
yeah. completely relying on themselves. And so what we're actually seeing here, and then in verse 4 of chapter 11, it says, and they said, come, let us be build for ourselves a mm. city. Here's this inward self-centeredness that we're seeing. Mm. And a tower whose top is in the heavens, let me make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. In other words, they were trying to stay all together. And we're going to keep look on looking that, uh, at that in a moment. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Has come time for our last quiz question. Lawson, take it away. Absolutely. Who was told to name his son Mahashala Hashbaz, which means something like, quickly to the spoil, he hurries to the plunder? And you said that one really well. You just rolled off Mahashala Hashbaz. I, I think that's how you say it. Mahashala Hashbaz. You guys know. It's, it's the, it's, I believe it's the longest name in the Bible. I think so. Who was told to name their son this? And and basically it means quickly to the spoil, he hurries to the plunder, which is an epic name. Basically basically that I, name it means like my it's it's like he gets the bag, basically. Like he, he, he he's always winning. Like he's always he's he's forever rich. Like imagine imagine like imagine your your parents named you that, like like very rich. So here's the question. When you have a son one day, do you reckon you'd call him that? Yeah, why not? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, my, my first son is probably going to be Mephibosheth. My second son, Mahala Shalahashbaz. All M's. Yeah. With uh, the longest names. Absolutely. <laughs> Mephibosheth, Mahala Shalahashbaz. <laughs> throw, in a, throw in a Judas as well. You know, it's just that'll be the third. So, like, we're just... Oh, nah, golly, just, Lawson, just kidding, hey. I, you know, I, I shot right. my, I shot myself well, you know, yeah, um, right. um, you know, I, these, these are my conditions guys to, to getting married. It's like, this is what my kids need to be named. So, uh, okay. hey, there you go. So text us in your answer here again. Who was told, who was told to name his son Mahershala Hashbaz, which means something like quickly to the spoil, he hurries to the plunder. Text us in your answer Absolutely. on 0491-064-669. And you'll go into this week's prize. There are two books. Of course, the first one mm. is Convicted. We actually played some of that, um, a small snippet about it at the start of our show where it's a young juvenile delinquent goes into prison and somebody gives him a Bible and, of course, he's transformed, finds the truth. And it's his story. The other one is The Trip into the Supernatural by Roger Morn. No. Mm. Okay, we are continuing on the Tower of Babel. Hey, just before we get in, we got a text from Chris, and he says, I have black sapote, which tastes like chocolate ice cream. And I don't know whether to believe that exists or not, but apparently it's like a thing. Like there's, so, so we had, uh, we had Suzanne writing in about white sapote, which she's like super into. She's like, yeah, this fruit's amazing. Da da da. This black sapote apparently tastes like chocolate ice cream, mm. which I mean, if it's a fruit that tastes like chocolate ice cream, it's got to be like the best fruit ever. Cause I mean, <laughs> that's I, your kind of fruit. I love chocolate ice cream. Like chocolate ice cream is the best. So mm. we need to get hooked up. We need to try this out. Oh, we should, we should do on Faith FM. We should do like a taste testing thing. Maybe not. Maybe, maybe that would make for difficult radio, but, but hey, oh, I just oh, I love talking about food. Anyways, hey, we're, we're back into our Bible study. Getting into, we've been talking about the flood. We've been talking about the covenant made between God and between, well, God and his people. 
And, well, we're here at the Tower of Babel, where they've built this tower to make this name for themselves, to stand up against God. And as a result, the people have been fractured and kind of displaced to all around the world. Yeah, and the thing is that God actually intended that there would be unity amongst them, but mm. they would be spread across the world. And how could it be that unity is that there's one true God, one true religion? Yep. That is the unity that he was looking for, not the unity of being insular yeah. and inward focused. Yeah. And what happened here is that, you know, this is, this is generations down, of course, after Noah. It's, it's not an immediate thing. This has happened mm. generations down, yep. you know, so, so decades later. And, 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 and basically what we're finding here is that they are doing this building, you know, towards their heavens and making a name for themselves so that they don't get scattered. Now, yeah. here's the interesting thing. If we want to actually apply that before we continue on, applying that to us, okay, what does that mean for us? Mm. It means that what they were trying to do is their own works-based salvation. Mm. Because they're going towards the heavens, right? Mm. And so for us as believers, God doesn't want us to be focused on self-based salvation, on mm. works-based salvation. Because we've said before on Faith FM that if we are, if we are going, you know, if, if we want salvation by works, as in by, by what we do, then Jesus had no place on the cross. Mm, We're actually mm-hmm. saying that there is that what Jesus did for you and I does not matter on this earth, but mm. it does mm-hmm. because it's significant. Not only the divine one came in the flesh, incarnate in the flesh, we know in John 1, but also it means that divinity is the only one through which we can have salvation because divinity, as in Jesus, never sinned. Yes. Yes. That's the difference. Mm-hmm. If we actually had somebody that was a created being, right, that was the one that would die on the cross, could we have salvation? The no. answer is no. No. Because mm-hmm. a sinner cannot save a sinner. Yeah, absolutely. Only somebody without blemish who has been tempted just as we have, as Christ was, but did not fail in mm. the way, and that's why we say there's an Adam, Adam failed, but where Adam failed, Jesus never failed. And so yeah. that's really interesting. But also more than that, polytheism and idolatry actually broke into the, you know, into this whole circle of people. And so basically the only unity of, you know, that whole unity of through Christ and the brotherhood was actually broken because yeah. polytheism and basically spiritualism started coming in. Yeah, absolutely. At, at this time, these groups of people, uh, you, know, you can think of the people who were present at the building of the 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 Tower of Babel, and it was probably the likes of you know, Nimrod the Hunter and all of these guys. And these people were they had no illusion that God didn't exist. They they could have gone and talked to That's Uncle right. Uncle Sham or Uncle Ham. Yeah, it's been passed and, down through uh, the generations. Uncle Japheth and said, but this, but those guys are still alive at this time. Yep. Like going, it's like, oh, what was it like to be on the boat during the flood? Yep. Like they they would one hundred percent known. And, and you might be thinking, wait, how can it be a lot a long time after? Even though those people are still alive, and the answer is that. Um, these guys were all living in very, very incredibly long, long life, ages. Six hundred, seven, eight, nine hundred. That's years. right, and having like lots and lots of children and populating the earth and whatnot. And the call is given, you know, like be fruitful, multiply, and 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 spread throughout the earth. And and the 
these people's responses rather than, well, because God, God really didn't intend for the humans of this time to be just fully by themselves congregated in one place to build these mm. big cities and, and whatnot. Like we know even today, the negative effects of that. I mean, if you, oh man, we, you could go to many various cities and experience whether it be pollution or traffic or anything like it's, it's just, it's just not what God had intended originally was like, this type of just congregation, you know, God is wanting them to, to spread and have dominion over the earth and to fulfill. If we, if you have dominion over the earth, if you spread out among the earth, you actually fulfill God's calling to have dominion over the earth too, because you are in a place where you, you know, you know, you can't have dominion over the earth in, in one central location, you know, as God has called us to be keepers and caretakers for, for the earth. You, you can't just do that in one place. Anyways, yeah, these guys had decided rather than doing that is to, is to congregate in one area in this type of society that just completely stood against God and his ideals. And that was the big purpose of the tower as well is because it's like, oh, we don't want God to displace us. But furthermore, like God had put the rainbow in the sky to promise that there would not be a flood. And they knew what disobedience had led to before this point, which was a flood. So it was like, oh, but if the flood comes again, it's all right. We've got a tall tower. We've got a tower that will supersede the heights of the flood and we'll be able to just sit in the tower and, and we'll be okay. And God responds to this by ultimately displacing the people and, and spreading them around because he's like, this unity is is this type of unity, a unity against me is actually so negative and will ultimately lead to, even though even though the population at this time would have been a decent proportion, it was still relatively small, and he could see that it would probably lead to a, a even an extinction of the people. So it's, it's a really interesting situation that God responds to here and i think he responds to it in the right way because i think it's left our world better than it it was before and i love the fact that you know god displaces them and he actually gives them the different languages Mm. which for us now it applies to the fact that we are to get out of our comfort zones Mm. and and basically share about jesus the gospel to the whole world to Mm. all nations kindreds tongues and people mm. and i love the fact that that's just so important and how god just steps in in every way you know he he overrules in a beautiful way um in a loving way mm. what man tries to do um and there's only one true god and that's who we are to follow you're listening to the breakfast show podcast on faith fm positively different to give our answers to the quiz question. Yeah, here we go. Our first quiz was what other verb did Jesus say when we should what say we should do during his sermon on the mount besides asking and seeking? And that is knocking. And this is particularly talking about the context of prayers like ask and seek and knock, you know, mm-hmm. really Come to God. Like, that's mm. all he's saying is really come to God with your requests, with your supplications, with your, mm. with your pains and your anguish and your burdens. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened. Absolutely. Next one there. And they said to one another, behold, this dreamer cometh. That was Joseph they were talking about there. Obviously, Joseph receives a dream that he, basically his brothers and his family will be subject to him, which ends up happening. But 
when his brothers hear about the dream, as he's like a young young man, they are not pleased. They end up not selling pleased. him into slavery. Which but is grateful kind of years years later that they did. Absolutely. Mm. What modern day nation with its capital? At New Delhi, mark the eastern extent of King Xerxes' nation, and that is none other than India. Mm, that's it. Yeah, it's uh, so that was the, the extent of the Persian Empire. So King Xerxes, the king of the Persian Empire, was all the way. It basically occupied the Middle East from Greece to India. Um, that kind around of four eighty five. Yeah, yeah, sixty five or so, wasn't it? Or something yeah, like that. Yeah, well, it's I, I would say a little bit later. So, uh a little bit earlier to a little bit later. Like, it's starting in around... Well, we know that... Uh, we believe that the Babylonian Empire fell in the in the late 500 CE, mm-hmm. something something around mm-hmm. there. But, Absolutely. yeah. And the story of Esther is a common one that we know of, King Xerxes, eh? Absolutely. And Esther and the amazing work that, that she does in there. Um, Esther also... Um, Ezra, Nehemiah, you know, being um, officials within the kingdom of the Persian Empire. And we know that it was the Persian Empire that ultimately enabled the Jews to be able to come back and to rebuild the city of Israel one last time um, before the Messiah would come. Number four here, question four. What four animals are mentioned in Habakkuk chapter one and verse eight? And the answer to that was A, horses, leopards, wolves, and eagles. Now, for And that me- one was by process of elimination That's that right. you worked it out, I, rather than knowing the names, because you were like saying like, I know all no, the actually, names of I all the animals. I know everything, because I read the Bible. No, nah. but I was, I was like, okay, B has crocodiles. I was like, fair enough, but mm. I don't think that would be mentioned in Mm-mm. the book of Habakkuk. Um, and then C has hippopotami. I'm like, I also don't think that would be mentioned. And then D, I mean, all like a lot of these animals are mentioned, but I was like, a combination of bears, mice, turtles, and eagles. I'm like, nah, like horses, leopard, wolves, and eagles. That is, that is like the, the easiest one of a group of animals that would be grouped together in the Bible. So that's how I kind of thought it through. But the answer was A. And if you got that correct, well, hey, congratulations. Good job. Mm. Good hustle. And then finally here, who was told to name his son Mahash? Hashbaz, and that was none other than Isaiah who right. named his son that. Which again is just the most epic name, not just because it's long, but it's meaning. Like quickly spoil, he hurries to the plunder. Quickly to the spoil, hurries to the plunder. Just like yeah, imagine naming your son like my son's name is will become very rich. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, will be prosperous. Like, that's a, that's a hectic ass name. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and that's what Isaiah names his son. Um, of course, he's instructed to name his son that by the Lord. But hey, guys, if you got the, the, the answer correct there, the answer is, hey, congratulations. Got a text to actually Frecker here because I made the joke about naming my kids like Michelle Hala Hashbaz and Mephibosheth and Judas and stuff. <laughs> and Frecko said, the poor kids, they have to live with that name. Yeah, yeah, I, I probably won't name them that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we're gonna uh, hold probably. you. We're gonna hold you to Pro- that too. Probably. Hey, in every probably. way. Maybe. Yeah, here's yeah. another text too by Janelle says, I think from memory it was about six weeks that the man was on the grapes only diet. Yeah. Um so we were talking about earlier about, you know, the benefits of grapes, you know, for the eyes and of course, um Janelle mentioned that she knew somebody who was only on grapes. Mm. Um and basically uh yeah, the cancer went away. We're not promoting that they do that, but it actually worked for this uh this person person who went on it for six mm. weeks. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. We've come to the end of our show way all too fast once again. 
And remember to talk faith, live faith, act faith, and you will grow strong in Jesus Christ. God be with you till we meet again. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.